What's up, everybody? I know it's been a while since I've done one of these. Um, got kind of busy with the business and hiring people and um, a couple other things I've gotten started, but I did write a book in my free time. It's called No 9 to 5 for Us. Um, it's on Amazon. It's like 2 or $3. Um, but the reason I'm back on here is I'm going to record basically the audiobook version of it and put every chapter on this podcast. Um, so if you want to watch it for free, they're all going to be on here. Um, basically, it takes you through everything start to finish on how I grew, started my business and grew it to over six figures within the first year, um, kind of by accident, but I broke it down in here as if I were going to do it again. Um, so this is very purposely written in order. Um, you know, it starts with finding something to sell, getting your first customers, how to scale up the marketing on different channels, um, testing ads, hiring employees, um, doing the math for growth, um, and then ultimately getting to a place where, you know, you don't have to work in the business, you're working on the business. Um, which is where I am now. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get started. Chapter nine, do your math. This next exercise is something I used to, at the start to stay motivated and to keep my expectations for the business high. Basically, you're gonna do the math for your company to hit revenue goals and then brainstorm about how you can get the company there. I'll use mine as an example. The goal is $100,000. Average ticket price, $250. $250. $100,000 divided by 250 is 400 jobs for the year. 400, jo 400 jobs divided by 12, which is the number of months, 33 jobs per month, 33 jobs per month divided by 20, the number of work days we work per month, equals 1.65 jobs per day. As you can see, I need to just do over two jobs per day on average to make 100K in the year. Right now, we do at least two jobs per day, Monday through Friday, so we're on track to meet the school. At the time of writing this, we were doing two jobs. We're doing more like three to four now. And it really gets exciting when you keep raising the target price or the target revenue goal rather and start thinking about what you need to do to get there. So let's use the goal of 500,000 with an average ticket price of $250. 500,000 divided by 250 is 2,000 jobs. 2,000 divided by 12 months equals 167 jobs per month. 167 jobs divided by 20 workdays equals 8.35 jobs per day. So in this example, you can see I have to be doing just over eight jobs per day on average. I know that each detailer hire can do two jobs per day, so I have to hire four detailers to get close to reaching this goal. I also know that my market isn't really big enough to support four full-time detailers all working in this city. I'd probably have to open another location in a nearby city with two detailers there in order to reach my goal of 500,000 per year. You can see how this quickly engages your imagination and forces you to problem solve to see what steps you need to take to grow and reach your goals. You can set a primary goal that is easily attainable at first, like 100,000. And then once you hit that goal, you can keep reaching further and further. The last thing I want to say about this exercise is that this is a strictly monetary form of motivation. And that works for me sometimes in the short term to fire me up, but there are better motivators. I've learned that the best motivator an entrepreneur can have is a genuine drive to help their customers. If your purpose is to help your customers solve a problem and it is genuine, your customers will be able to tell and they will be more loyal to your company as a result. You'll also burn out far less if you're waking up every day and going to do something you love in solving problems for your customers. I know it is hard to change your motivators and it's okay if you only want to make some more money, but keep in mind that when you're dealing with your customers, you need to show how genuinely you care and you have compassion for their problem and then solve it with a smile. The more you go above and beyond to help your customers, the happier they will be and the faster you will grow. How much profit? The next calculation you need to do is to figure out how much profit you're making so that you can learn how to increase your profit margin. We're going to use rough estimations to get there and it'll do the job for now. I'll also give some examples to make it simpler. 
to start, you're going to write out all of your expenses for the business right now. This will include supplies, marketing costs, softwares, fees, etc. I'll make a short example list below. So for this example list, I just included a few things. All-purpose cleaner, soap, brushes, window cleaner, Facebook ads, Google ads, booking software, website hosting. Next, you find out all of the costs for those expenses. So I have the same list, all-purpose cleaner, $5 a bottle, soap, $7 a bottle, brushes, $15 for five brushes, window cleaner, $7 a bottle, Facebook ads, $250 per month, Google ads, $250 per month, booking software, $250 per month, website hosting, oh, sorry, booking software, $20 per month, website hosting, $15 per month. Then we're going to break down the cost per job. This is where the estimation comes in, but just estimate on the lower side so you should be safe. Again, this is just giving us an idea of profit margin so that we can move forward and make some decisions down the road. All you have to do is estimate how many jobs you can get through with one unit of that supply and then divide the cost by that number. For monthly expenses like software or ads, you'll estimate how many jobs you're getting per month and divide the cost by that number. So this is I kind of this is kind of hard to visualize. I'm just going to read this out, but it's just the expenses and the cost per job for everything I just listed. I'm going to go through it just so you, you know you can hear it. And then I'll try to explain it better at, at the end. So cost per job, all-purpose cleaner, $5, 25 jobs, so it's 20 cents per job. Soap, 28 cents per job. Brushes, 15 cents per job. And this is with, and I have little quotes by each thing. It says last 25 jobs, $5 divided by 25 jobs, 20 cents per job. You know, for the brushes, last 100 jobs, $15 divided by 100, 15 cents. Like, so I have that for everything. Um, Facebook ads, $6.25 per job. That's 40 jobs per month, so $2.50 divided by 40. Google ads, same thing, 40 jobs per month, $6.25 per job. Booking software, $0.50 cents per job. Website hosting, $0.38 cents per job. After you do this for all of your expenses, you'll add up all of your per job costs, and you'll get your cost per job. Subtract that from your average ticket price, and you'll get your profit per job. So I have all those expenses again. Um, added them together, total expense per job, $14.29, and that's just with those limited expenses that I listed. There, there are more expenses that I have. Um, average ticket price of 50, so I lowered it to reflect the lower expenses. Uh, profit per job, 50, minus the expenses, 14.29, equals 35.71. Um, so that you would get you know, how much profit you have. You have $35.71 of profit, if you know these hypothetical numbers were your actual numbers. Now keep in mind you'll have many more expenses than the above example and your average ticket price will be higher. This example was just giving you the how-to for you to run your own numbers and get your profit margin. You can't improve your profit margin without actually knowing what your profit percentage is. From here, you can also start to think about cutting some unneeded expenses, brainstorming on how to get more jobs done, or looking for bulk discounts on things you will always need. The next step is to remove yourself from working in the business to work on the business and these profit and expense numbers will let you see how much money you have to pay an employee. Chapter 10, time to hire some help. In my mind, you don't truly own a business until you aren't in the field working in it every day. If you're waking up every day to go do jobs to make money, then you really just created a job for yourself, not a business. A business makes money for you and others without you having to go and execute the day-to-day -day work. This is one of the biggest leaps in entrepreneurship and many quote-unquote entrepreneurs never even make the jump. Whether it's due to lack of skills or lack of desire, they work in their business their entire life until they can't work anymore and they pass it down to a kid or it just dissolves. If you can make the move from worker in your business to business owner and leader, you will truly understand the freedom that entrepreneurship provides. 
This process, this process is not without its own set of challenges, though, and the headaches that will arise are a big reason why some people never make the jump. One big fear that comes up when people start thinking about hiring somebody to do the manual labor of the jobs is that they won't do as good of a job as you do. While that may be true at first because you have spent a lot of time perfecting your service and the skills you need to deliver a great service every time, you might want to think about the possibility that they could eventually be better than you are currently, especially if their focus is on delivering a great service and your priorities were always split between running a company and delivering the service. If your employee can just buckle down and focus on delivering, then there's a good chance they're going to get really great at it. But even if they never reach the mastery that you had when you were in the field, eventually you'll hire another employee and another. Let's assume they work about 80% as good as you did. Would you rather have you working alone every day at 100% or have two to three employees that are delivering a solid 80 plus percent of what you could do? You'll still be able to oversee the jobs with a small company of two to three, so there won't be any major oversights, and you'll have 240% total of what you used to be able to deliver when you were alone. How to find employees. There are many different ways to find good employees, but I'll break down how I find my best ones to save you some time. The first way to start to find an employee is through word of mouth with friends and family. The number one thing that I start out looking for is trust. With most of my employees, I never knew them until I interviewed them, so the trust had to be built starting there. If you can hire someone you already trust and that knows you are a small business, that is the best. You have a relationship with them already, and you can skip a lot of getting to know them stages. The next way I would go about finding employees is with Indeed.com. Indeed is a job finding website where companies can list their job descriptions and have people apply online to get hired. I've used this site for almost all of my employees and it has given me qualified candidates every time. You'll make a job post where you'll describe the job, the pay, expectations, and what you're looking for in your employee, and people can apply for you to reach out to them. You pay per application and they give you the ability to reject an applicant if they're not qualified and you won't get charged for that application. After you have a list of potential employees, I'd hop on the phone with them, introduce yourself, ask them why they're interested in the job, and get them get to know them a little bit. This will be a quick conversation. From there, I'd take your top five to seven and have in-person interviews with each of them, where you go a little bit more in-depth and ask them more questions. Everyone's interview process is going to be different depending on what kind of manager you want to be, but there are plenty of resources out there on how to do an interview. Eventually, you'll find an employee that you think will fit your company and that will do a good job, and then you'll move to the training phase. How to train your employee. Before your employee starts, you'll want to create an employee manual that outlines expectations, rules, daily operations, and systems. You can also Google this and get some templates for good employee manual. This document doesn't need to be super in-depth, but having a document that keeps you and your employee aligned is very important. The best way I've found for training my employees, especially the first few, is to just bring them along with you for the jobs. You can treat this month of training as a test period to make sure they're on time, good with customers, thorough with their work, etc. You can easily coach them up, critique their work, and help them fix mistakes since you'll be there while they're learning. I've gotten eager to get out of the field before and let my employees work solo too soon, and the headaches from an untrained employee working alone are not worth the extra week or two out of the field. Take your time training them and lean toward overtraining them. You can also use this training period to jot down a system for training the future employees you hire. As you train them, jot down what they learned that day, and eventually you'll have an outline of everything an employee needs to know to work for you. Managing employees. Once you have an employee in place and he slash she is doing a great job, they're fully in the flow of the job, then it just comes down to you managing them and keeping them motivated. This is a very difficult and under-focused part of the job, 
but this employee has now become the face of your business. They are the one customers see every day and will most likely be the only person they see from the company. You have to make sure they are dressed correctly, polite to the customers, delivering great results, staying motivated, and enjoying what they do as much as possible. The key here is communication. You have to stay connected to them and I would almost always recommend phone calls or face-to-face -face communication. A text is okay for occasional quick communication, but for the most part, it is almost always better to talk in person or at least on the phone. Texts can easily lead to miscommunication and miscommunication can add friction between you and your employee. The relationship between you and your employee needs to stay strong because they will be your only employee for a while. That being said, there's a thin line between being their boss and being their friend. They should see you as a more of a leader than a friend. You want to be friendly, but they should also know that you are in charge and this isn't a casual job. You are 100% invested in this company and they should be too. You can't let them get too comfortable with the rules and start slacking. They will also get frustrated eventually if they feel that you aren't 100% invested in the company. They'll be out there working every day for you and making the company money while you focus on the bigger picture of the company and the future. You must also balance showing up for them too. Meet them in the mornings before they leave for work. Check in on them at job sites. And overall, just show that you are involved and as locked into this company as they are. They'll burn out if they think that they are doing all the work, which would never be true, and you are just at home relaxing. This problem can also be managed with expectations at the beginning as well. If you communicate with them with their role and your role in the company and outline what should be expected, many of these headaches can be avoided. I'm no expert in management, but this is what I've learned so far. This entrepreneurship game is a constant learning process, and that is a part of what makes it so interesting and engaging. Chapter 11, Next Steps. At this point, your business is off the ground and running. You got your first customers, utilized them to get some credibility in the industry, upgraded your equipment, raised your prices, upgraded your marketing strategy, hired an employee, and have probably learned a lot along the way. I've helped you get this far, and now you know that you can start and run a successful small business. I can't break down exactly what your individual next steps should be, but whatever you think it takes to keep growing is where I'd focus. It may be to outsource the parts of your job that you don't do well or don't enjoy doing, or it may be to think about new industries that you can use that can use your service. This is where your creativity comes into play. Maybe there's a giant untapped market that you haven't marketed to, or maybe there's a new platform that your competitors aren't on. You have a business now, and it's up to you where you want to go with it. It's all about testing new things, looking at the results, tweaking the strategy, and trying again. Have a steady business underneath you. Now, as long as you test your ideas before diving headfirst, you should be able to weather a couple of bad ideas here and there. It's a learning process, so enjoy it. Lastly, I know there's a lot of info in this book and you may have questions or feel overwhelmed. Don't worry, I can help. Go to no9to5forus.com or email me at bruce at no9to5forus for more info. I feel free to reach out. That's the end of the book. Um, again, this book is am on Amazon for like 2 or $3. You can go get it um, on there or the whole thing is on this podcast for free if you just want to listen to it. But all the graphics are in the book on Amazon. Um, uh, for real though, if you want my help, email me at bruce at no9to5forus.com um, and uh, we'll get you started.